Welcome to the Fabulous Five Podcast. The Fabulous Five Podcast is an inspirational show sponsored by New Covenant Believers dealing with five topics from week to week for 30 minutes. The five topics all begin with the letter F from where we get the title Fabulous Five. The five topics are as follows. Faith in Jesus Christ, family dealing with love, marriage, and relationships, finances consist of personal financial planning and business, Fellowship involving relationship with others in the body of Christ. Fatherhood dealing with parenting, mentoring, and leadership to our youth. The show will consist of teaching, inspirational speaking, or guest speakers from week to week. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Please join your host Frank Reed for this week's episode. Once again, welcome to the Fabulous Five, also known as the Fab Five, dealing with faith, family, finance, fellowship, and fatherhood. This week on the Fabulous Five podcast, we're going to deal with the topic of finances. The title of this show is Faith Over Your Finances. We know that since the coronavirus had hit the U.S. and the world in mid-March, the unemployment rate has went up to over 18% in the U.S. Over 32 million people have applied for unemployment or more. Uh, We find that we haven't seen these type of numbers since the Great Depression of the 1920s. These are critical times in which people are out of work that never been unemployed before. This could be devastating to those that uh, worked all their life and now they find that they don't have a job and they can't find a job. It could be very stressful. Not only stressful, it could be very um, discouraging. But we believe that there's hope in God that we need to put our hope in God. We find that inflation also has went up. Dairy, dairy produce, and meat products have went up. In um, in February, a price of ground beef would have went for like two two dollars and ninety ninety cent a pound. Now it's like five dollars and ninety nine cent a pound. Meaning a three point five bag of ground beef in February would cost you like eleven dollars. Now it costs you over $20. We find that inflation has risen up. And there's very lot of uncertainty what's going to happen in the market by the end of the year. A lot of um, small businesses have closed. We don't, and they were doing well before the pandemic. But after the pandemic, they have to close their business. Some may, may not be back um, because they didn't have the cash flow or the financial stability to uh, maintain during these hard times. And we find that even icon businesses, such as JCPenney's and Art Vans in the Midwest Furniture Store, Art Vans Furniture Store, very popular furniture store, has went out of business, have closed down. JCPenney's have filed for bankruptcy, a major icon in the retail industry. These are uncertain times with our economy and even in our healthcare system. Uh, hospitals are talking about laying off people. Uh, because they were not able, were not profitable during the pandemic, uh, beginning of the pandemic, because they couldn't schedule surgeries and highly profitable procedures, in which they are reporting losses. It's it's sad to say that the some of the nurses that have worked hard during the pandemic, and the employees that worked hard during the pandemic, risking their lives are now going to be laid off their jobs because of the bottom line. I really believe that in this particular case, not just look at the bottom line, but the social welfare of people and the hope of people 
and be able to minister and serve the people. But we know that God is in charge of everything. Nothing taken God by surprise. God is the owner of all the earth. He's the creator and the owner of everything, meaning that he's sovereign. There's no one that, that uh, could say that, say that they own anything because everything is on loan from the Lord. I like to take you to scripture, Psalms 24, 1 through 6. Psalms 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. What this means is everything in the earth belongs to the Lord. And everything, even ourselves, even our bodies, it don't belong to us, it belongs to the Lord. We're going to find that in the, last, in the day of judgment, everyone's going to have to give account of how they live their life to their creator and to the master of everything, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you right now for him being the owner of everything. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Meaning that we're taking, have to be, we are stewards over everything that we own, even our time, even our money, even our possessions don't belong to us. They're on loan from, to us from God. And we have to be good stewards over what God has given us. And then in verse 2 it says, For he have founded upon the sea and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? Verse 2 talks about how God founded everything. He's the founder and the maker and the creator of everything. Therefore, he owns everything. Then he goes on to say, Who shall stand in his presence or at his holy hill? Then verse 4 answers those two questions. It said, He that have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord, and the righteousness from God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that, that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. That was Psalms 24, verse 1 through 6. We find that being holy has its price and has its benefits. We find that those that are holy and righteous, they shall receive the blessing from the Lord. And when God blesses you, no one can stop him from blessing you. Meaning that no, not even the devil himself can stop you from being blessed when it's time for God to bless you. So we have to put our faith and our trust in the owner of everything. Because if God is our source and our only source, we will not lose hope. The summons goes on to talk about seeking the Lord. He said, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. We know that when a person seeks the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God will add things unto us, meaning that we don't have to worry about what we shall drink or what we shall eat or what we shall wear or of our necessities. God knows, our Heavenly Father knows what we have need of before we even act. And he's able to add those things to us without us worrying or doubting. And God wants us to trust him for everything. We know that God can shake kingdoms. He can shake kingdoms and shake economies. We know that um, there were great kingdoms in the past. We have the Babylonian kingdom that was, came into power when Israel went into exile or captivity. They were succumbed by the Mede and Persian 
powers um, kingdom, which which subdued the Babylonian kingdom. So the Medes and Persians came to power. They was world ruler. Then after that, Alexander the Great, he came into power, and they subdued the Medes and the Persians. And then the Roman Empire subdued the the Alexander the Great kingdom of the Greek system. We find that kingdoms come and kingdoms go, but the Lord is the one that's going to stand forever. For the Lord can shake economies. Everything that we see don't have to last forever, but God's word is going to last forever. Haggai 2, verse 6 through 9, God says, For thus said the Lord, Ye once, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the desires of all the nations shall come. I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, said the Lord of hosts. In this place I will give peace, and said the Lord of hosts. In this particular time, Israel was just coming back from, the kingdom of Judah was coming back from exile, and they built the temple. And the temple didn't have the glory like it did with the Solomon's temple, for it was smaller. But God said, I'm going to fill this temple with my glory, meaning the honest presence, raw presence of God was going to fill this particular temple. And we find that God says, I'm going to shake nations, and the nations shall all come, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord of hosts. God can shake nations. You better believe that God is still in control. God can shake nations. Just because the economy is strong one day doesn't mean that it's going to stay strong forever. What I'm saying is we have to put our trust in God. I know the U.S. economy has been strong for a long time. Practically mostly all of our life, we was able to buy what we wanted to buy. We was able to um, work and earn a living and be able to go to the store and buy things at the market. I'm not talking doom and gloom, but I'm also saying that we have to put our trust in God rather than our own flesh, rather than our own strength or what we can do for ourselves. And God goes on to say, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. All wealth that's in this earth belongs to God. He said, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And God can give it to whoever he willing to give it to. And we want to let you know that the U.S. economy is, is, is not as stable as it used to be. For we remember when the dollar was on the gold standard, it was the, we had the strongest economy in the world. But now, in 1970, I believe, 70s, they took the U.S. economy off the gold standard and backed it by a promissory note or a dollar itself, which is a, a promise to pay back. And since that time, the U.S. has been in a, in a trade deficit to many nations, meaning that we owe more than what we put out, meaning that we are in debt. And pretty much our whole economy of the U.S., even the consumer economy, has been driven by a debt system. Meaning that it's it's not a godly made system. It's of debt. And God wants us to serve him rather than wealth or money. Well, we find that in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says, 
No man can serve two masters, for he would hate the one and love the other, or he would hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or the system of money or wealth. We find that our system within the U.S. is driven by greed, self-ambition, and the lustful things and covetousness over things rather than God himself. Um, even the dollar itself, getting back to the U.S. economy, the dollar itself has lost its purchasing power, meaning that, um, say, 10 years ago, a dollar could trade and buy $10,000 worth of goods from one nation, and then 10 years later, it only could buy $1,000 worth of goods rather than the 10000 meaning that the dollar has been devalued within its power to purchase on world markets. Most Americans are, are consumer-driven, meaning that we consume more than what we save or more than what we manufacture or, or we can, well, than what we sell. And we find that the great American dream has caused us all to want to covet things, be lustful for things, driven by self-ambition and covetousness, which is contrary to the ways of God. We see that... Um, with the American dream, we want the big house or the bigger car, and it's driven by a system of lust. We want, we want, we want, and as they advertise things, we create a desire, and we want those things because, because of the frequency of advertising over and over, over and over, and you got to have it, and we buy into it. Uh, we see that they that trust in wealth and riches cannot please God. I'm not saying we cannot have nice things. God wants us to have nice things. But what I am saying, we cannot let nice things have us. Rather than being driven by the God that would give and add things to us if we seek his kingdom, we can't be driven by the things and then seek God after the things. He says, if you seek the first the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, and his righteousness, I will draw, give all these things unto you. We're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34, which deals with take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will have take thought of itself, which God don't want us to worry or to be anxious of things, but to trust in the living God. We'll be right back after this break. If you'd like to contact us at the Fabulous Five podcast to leave your prayer requests, concerns, or comments, you can do so at the following. Email frankreed at fabs5.org. That's Frank R E E D at F A B, the number 5, the letter S.org. Or phone number 248 905 1569. That's 248 905 1569. And at our website, fabs5.contact, please fill out the contact form and submit. We also can be reached on social media at Fabs Fives Podcast. That's F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, Podcast, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The Fabulous Five Podcast is a ministry of New Covenant Believers. All funds will go to New Covenant Believers for sponsoring of this Fabulous Five Podcast. If you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can do so at paypal.me forward slash F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, or cash out, dollar sign, F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, or our website, fast 5 
www.thebibleshop.org and click on the donate button. Thank you for your financial support and your prayers. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap not, gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feed them. Are you much more valuable than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider lilies of the fields, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And, shall, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, shall not be arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and, tomorrow, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not so much clothe you, O oh, you a little faith? We find that we depend upon ourselves, and when we can't do for ourselves, we tend to have filled with anxiety, we tend to be filled with worry, tend to be filled with stress. When if you're stressed and filled with a lot of worrying, it's showing you that you're trusting in yourself rather than in the living God. Jesus didn't want Jesus didn't have to want or worry for anything. For when he when he needed it, God provided it. When he needed a donkey to ride into Jerusalem, God provided it. When he needed an upper room to eat the last supper with the apostles, God provided it. When he needed to pay his taxes for him and Peter, God provided a fish with some money in it. And Jesus told him to go grab a fish out of the lake. The first one you grab, you'll find, find that what we need to pay taxes. Peter did that, found a fish with, with, with loads of money in it to pay taxes for himself and for the Lord himself. So when God, Jesus needed what he, whatever he needed, the Father provided. And that's the kind of comfort God wants us to have with him. Whatever we need, we got to be... Be um, patient and really believe that he will provide. And so in this particular scripture, it's saying the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, meaning they don't have, they don't till the ground to, to like a farmer to sow seed in order to have a harvest. God just provides for them every day, meaning they don't work, they don't sweat, they don't till the ground, they don't, um, um, put any effort in, God just provide from them day to day. Yet you never seen a bird stressed out or worrying about what he's going to eat. He just go fly and God provides for him day to day. And then what Jesus go on to say, are you much more valuable than the birds? Of course we are. For Jesus died for our, came and died for our sins. He died on the cross for us, gave us his all. And, and, um, and in Romans it says, God so freely gave him son, how much more will he freely give you all things? We got to believe God for all things because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. We got to believe that when we need it and when we need it the most, God will provide. We got to have faith in God. 
in spite of what we may be seeing, in spite of what we may be lacking, we may be lacking uh, money to pay the bill, maybe lacking food to eat, maybe lacking in which you never lacked before, but God is still able and he will provide, meaning that your life is more precious than what you may eat, what you should worry about what you shall eat or what you shall wear or your shelter. He said life in the body is more precious than that. And then he goes on to say about the lilies of the field. They don't, they don't toil, they don't spin, yet they grow. And he said, these are, are, have more glory than Solomon. Solomon was the richest king there ever was. The temple was filled with trillions of dollars of gold and silver. It is reported in, in, the, in 2 Kings and uh, in 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles that Solomon stopped collecting silver because he had that like, like dust, had silver like dust. So he stopped collecting silver because he had so much gold that silver was not worth anything to his kingdom. So he stopped collecting silver. He was that rich and, it, and the glory of the temple was so glorious till it, it, it blew Queen Sheba, Sheba from Egypt away that the, the glory that God blessed Solomon with was more than what she can imagine. But even with all that glory, Jesus said that these lilies are just, have just as much glory as Solomon had. And then he goes on to say that, Wherefore, if God clothed the grass of the field, which today is and which tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much will he clothe you? And he throws out the question, Oh, ye a little faith. This is a time to build our faith. Sometimes we really don't self-examine ourselves to see where we are in faith. But sometimes when tests and trials come, it proves where our faith is at. We need to stop and take a minute and evaluate. Man, I need more faith. Man, I, my faith is not where it's supposed to be. And repent of God and start getting in our word. Because the faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. Our faith is not faith in ourselves. Our faith is based upon the word of God. And when you're based upon the word of God, the word said, God said, my word shall not return back void. So we got to get filled up with the word if we want to get filled up with faith. But we mostly been dealing with uh, our own finances. We've been putting finances over our faith. Before we, I, I'm guilty of it. I'm coming to repentance too. Instead of trusting God, we trust on credit. We trust on credit cards. Which back in the day when our fathers was coming up in the 60s and the 50s, they didn't have credit. They had to pay cash or they had to wait. Or when I was growing up, remember, had the layaway plan, which you would pay a little bit on. Mom would put our Christmas toys up in layaway, pay a little bit here, a little bit there, until she get it paid off. And then we have our toys by Christmas. We have to go back to trying to pay things by cash rather than rather than be handed on credit because the credit system is crumbling. The American system or the American dream is crumbling. Therefore, we got to go back to the word of God and trust in the word of God. I want to throw this question. 
Are you trusting God or are you trusting the system of money? I know we are all self-righteous and we want to say, no, I'm trusting God. But you have to self-examine yourself. If you're fretting, if you're doubting, if you're stressed out, chances are you're not trusting God. You're trusting the system of money or mammon. And it's easy for us to do that because we grew, it grew up all around it. We see it on TV. We see it on the, hear it on the radio. It's all around us the way we think. We got to change the way we think to think kingdom, to think, think the kingdom of God. So he said, oh, ye a little faith. So to live in the kingdom, you got to have some faith. And then he goes on to say in verse 31, therefore, take no thought saying what you should eat, what you should drink, where would all shall you be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Meaning that the sinner man thinks about, or the pagans, Gentiles were pagan, we are Gentiles, but what he's talking about, pagans or heathens, think this particular way. They think about what they're going to wear, how they're going to get ahead, how they're going to get promoted, how they're going to get the next house, how they're going to buy this, how they're going to do this, how they're going to be successful in this. All this thinking in which you're trying to promote yourself rather than humbling yourself before the mighty hand of God and in due time he said I will exalt you promotion promotion coming neither from the west nor from the south nor from the east but promotion coming from God he raises up one he set it down another true promotion coming from God true blessings come from God for if we seek God and seek his kingdom he said he would add some things to us. And that's the next verse I'm going to get to, but I, I got to get to verse, verse 32. It says, For after these things do the Gentiles seek after, for your heavenly Father knoweth the things that you have need of, that you have need of all these things. God already know what your need is. God already knew that you was going to have a, have a drought. God already knew that you were going to spirit a day of insufficiency. God already knew your state and your times is in his hand. So you're not telling God or going through anything that God didn't already know was going to happen in your life. This is time or time for us to acknowledge God and acknowledge him and believe and trust in him. For verse 33, which I quoted before, it said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Then 34 said, Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Meaning that every day going to have its problems and have its troubles. You have to live from day to day trusting God, believing God, not worrying what's going to happen in the future. So we have to give God first priority and seek him first. Priority with our time. Priority with our money. Priority with our resources. Priority with everything we got. We got to be sold out to God. And he said, I'm going to add things to you. Meaning that you ain't even going to have to ask for it. He's just going to add it. And another verse in Psalms 37 verse 4 said, Delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If we delight ourselves in the Lord, he's going to give us things. Not delight ourselves in things, but in the Lord. 
not put the things first, but put the kingdom first. The kingdom has a different mindset of thinking and it's faith over your finances. Faith in God. Faith that God is able to give you what you need when you need it. Faith in God that when you need it the most, he's going to be there. Faith in God that he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Faith in God that he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Meaning that God will be there when you need him the most. We have to trust in the living God. I want to take this time out and pray for those that find themselves out, um, out of work and never been out of work before. I know it's a critical time. I know it's a time in which you um, don't know how what, what you're going to do, but maybe this prayer may comfort you. Lord, we ask you to comfort those even right now, Heavenly Father, that have lost their jobs, dear God, or had their hours cut, dear God, and don't know how they're going to make ends meet. Let them trust in the living God. We know that you are able to supply all their need according to your riches and glory, knowing that all things are yours, dear God. You've got many ways and many avenues that you could bless us, dear God. When it's time to be blessed, dear God, no man can hinder the blessing from coming, dear God. But Lord, when they need it the most, dear God, supply their need. If they need grocery, supply their need. If they need their mortgage paid, Supply that, more, supply that mortgage payment. Supply the, the, the money that they need that they're falling short in and stretch the money that they got. For Lord, I thank you for being a God that fed 5,000 with two loaves and two loaves, two, five loaves and three, two fish and five loaves of bread. You are the God that supplied our need. You are the God that's sufficient, that can do all things of exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Trust in the living God and it shall be all right. And God's going to bring you through. Trust in him. Bless him. Praise him. He's going to bring you out. And Lord, I thank you even right now that the latter shall be greater than their past, dear God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Fabulous Five podcast, also known as the Fab Five. We can be reached at our website, fabs5.org. That's the letter F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, dot org. Also, you can see our other social media links there. You can listen to our other episodes once again at our website, fabs5.org. That's the letter F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, dot org. Please join us next week for our next episode. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you.